this week's show, Tom Angels first team coach James Scott tells us why Saturday's friendly with Dover Athletic means so much to him. It was due to be yeah, the best weekend and uh, yeah, it turned out to be yeah, a living nightmare really. Two games, nine goals and top of the table. Glebe manager Harry Hudson on his perfect start to life at Foxbury Avenue. Right now, this is home and it just feels right. So, um, yeah, we're just hoping for a long, a good season and a, a completed season. Only with town manager Adam Woodward looks to the future, despite his side being well beaten by his former club. It's great, the future's bright. We've got a good academy set up and we've got a new intake coming in and hopefully we can push some youngsters through. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, the second of the season and already we've had goals galore, drama and even an abandonment due to the weather in July. Uh, we've got another set of fine interviews for you this week, one of which I personally think is one of the most important things we've managed to have on our shows. So hopefully you will enjoy it. I'm John Phipps, a man who attended a scaffold game on Tuesday night and thoroughly enjoyed it. And on the line now is a man who I should imagine is feeling demob happy at the moment. Matt Gerard, are you looking forward to having some time off work? Uh, do you know what? I really am. So it's been, we did go away for weeks. We're going away for a couple of weeks this time. So um, yeah, it should be a, a very nice break. Uh, the weather's not going to be great, but it's the UK. So, but it should be really good fun. So um, uh, where we're going, it's been on the telly a little bit ago. So um, it's somewhere new we're going to. So yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a bit of a break and uh, yeah, the kids are looking forward to it. So yeah, I'm lo- I am looking forward to it, mate. Yes. And then when I come back, football season starts. So uh, all in all, Life is good, as they say. Yeah, I suppose you, you probably haven't had, you know, like everybody else, you, you don't get many, you've not had as many holidays as you might have done because of everything that's gone on over the past 18 months. Yeah, we're not big holiday people, you know. Um, one stage, this time we were looking to go to America before COVID hit at this sort of time. So, um, uh, but now we're just going to stay in the UK. Yeah, that we, it's the first time I think I've had two weeks off work. Normally I only have that five days or seven days so yeah it should be good so uh, yeah looking forward to it excellent well i haven't had a day off work since the 17th of may so you know how, but, how is the business uh yeah I'm expecting where we're going to be really really busy so i expect we, we are, are really really busy, really busy. normally the, the this month and last month have been the busiest two months we've ever had oh. um at, at the business i mean obviously that's partly because i've put the prices up but yeah, it has been really, really busy. But it's very odd. Like, it's busy, but out and about isn't busy. I don't know what everyone's doing with themselves. But you know, I I always thought, Matt, that and I'm going to be honest. Well, I know you're a man of the man of the church. I always thought that I was destined to go to hell. Um, but with some of the guests we've dealt with in the past two and a bit months, I think actually for keeping my calm and being cool and nice and polite and smiling, I think there's a chance I might sneak into heaven. Because it's not been the most pleasant couple of months, shall we say, is is the way of looking at it. I think, and, and apparently everyone's suffering with it. Just people being so demanding and 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 difficult, and and I don't know why. You know, we, we've got a nice place here. We 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 do everything we can, and people are moaning that the sink's too small to brush your teeth. You know, and it's just like, oh, uh, what can yeah, you do? Um, no, that's Britain for you. So yeah, we get, um, I mean, we get like coffee's too strong, coffee's too weak, the mattress is too soft, the mattress is too firm. You genuinely can't please people, and it's just like, hang on, you know, we're doing everything we can. So well, I, I don't mean to be rude. If I went anywhere, I wouldn't. If you stay at somebody, you wouldn't complain about the mattress. It's just what it is. What it is, isn't it? But so, well, the yeah. thing is, they don't complain to us. They wait and then they complain on 
uh, a well-known uh, booking website so everyone can oh, see, see their bloody right. complaints. So I'm now starting to say to people, well, you didn't mention this when you were with us. If you had done, we would have discussed it. But instead, you waited till you got on a public forum and then made your complaints. Uh, that's it. Um, so, Keyboard warriors, mate. Yeah. That's, uh, there's something. W is certainly the start of it. But, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it's our 176th episode this week. My Wikipedia work has led me to... Gliese 176, which is a red dwarf in the constellation of Taurus, uh, based upon parallax measures from the Hipparchos mission, it is located approximately 30 light years away from Earth. Um, a light year, incidentally, is 9.46 trillion kilometres. Uh, so 30 of them. I multiply that together. It's got 11 zeros in kilometres, that. Uh, to put that in some perspective for you, the whole Earth is 40,000 kilometres in diameter. And we're talking about something that's 30 times 9.4 trillion kilometres away. That, that, that's a fair distance, that. I couldn't give a monkey's about astronomy. Do you think, uh, genuinely, do you think there's something out there? Do, do, do you think it's, you know, in all these 30 light years away places, do you think there's another planet with, with beings on it? No, but I, I would like it to be that my life is being... Oh, not my life, that sounds like I'm very important, doesn't it? Everybody's life is being portrayed. What's that film with Brad Pitt when he starts old and then goes young? Benjamin Button. Yeah, I want that, I want that to be. So this across, in some place, hopefully I'm the same age as I am now because it'd be a meet in the middle, wouldn't it? Right. So I've got a little okay. to go. But that, I, I would be quite interested on that, really. But yeah. astronomy, I couldn't give a, you know, spending, you know, those black bloke astronomy in space, the guy from Amazon go to space. All that money, mate. Surely there must be better things on this earth that you could have done with that money. He could have paid his taxes. But well, part yes, exactly. So that, that's just no. I couldn't give a monkey's about astronomy, really. You know, I'm, you know, I like Dara O'Brien, O'Brien, but space is not. No. no. So are you suggesting that you think that Brian Cox's best work was when he was in D Ream rather than his subsequent work? Uh, D Ream, when I saw him at, um, he did my university ball, and what wow. well, D Ream did. I'm so I'm sure Brian Cox was there, and I'm but, sure they were all sitting there thinking, "Well, things can only get only better." Get better, yeah. <laughs> Their one song, and that was it. So that shows what it was back in 1996. I don't know when wow. that. Yes, yeah, there must have been early 90s. So, what yeah. happened to the lead singer of D Ream then? Is he a professor as well? I've got no idea, but that is something I can that, that not many people Google. Um, I don't know what his name was. D Ream. Oh, hang on. They, they even... must have had one song. They had one song, didn't they? Yeah. It made him even more oh, popular. I think it was Irish, I think. Yeah. Uh, Peter Cunner is his name. Yeah. C-U-N-N-A-H. Um, he has done production stuff. Yeah, nothing exciting. Um, he doesn't go yeah. around D-Ream without Brian Cox then. Oh, there, I mean, there would be a market for that. I mean, like, you know, if Chesney Hawks is still making some money yeah. out of his out of his one hit, I'm sure that uh, good old Peter can go around and... Uh, and, and get away but uh oh yeah good obscure 90s bands there mate and singers but no space what like waste i quite like the band space but <laughs> all for in all the the, the actual concept technologies, mate. Con- con- good concept that's a great word uh, no i couldn't give a monkey's about it 
Fair enough. Uh, right, on with the show then. And although we've got lots of scaffold action to talk about, we want to start this week with a look ahead to a pre-season friendly. Uh, I know I always describe this podcast as a silly football show, but hey, we're not always silly. On Saturday, Tunbridge Angels face Dover Athletic at Longmead, and money will be being raised at that game for a charity close to the heart of one man in the Angels' dugout. After reading his story on Twitter this week, I was able to speak to James Scott, Tunbridge Angels' first team coach. Here is his story, starting with what the fundraiser on Saturday is all about. We're raising money for uh, for Tommy's. Uh, Tommy's are a charity that specialise in research into the prevention of miscarriages and stillborns. Um, It's a cause that's very close to me and my wife's heart. Back in uh, November of 2020, uh, my wife was uh, nine months pregnant. Um, We were due to give birth on Monday the 9th of uh of november on saturday the 7th i was due to be involved with tunbridge angels who were playing in the first round proper against bradford it was the first time for a long long time that we got that far in the fa cup so that was on the saturday two days before um but unfortunately on the friday um i got a call from my wife who was at the hospital in quite a lot of distress with her mum and uh she'd just been informed that they couldn't find the heartbeat of our daughter Sophia and uh, we were told that she died in utero um, at that point so it was three days before she was due to give birth so she was perfectly formed um, and then obviously I wasn't at the game on the Saturday but then on the Sunday uh, we then uh, my wife then gave birth um, on Saturday the 8th of November uh, Sunday the 8th of November sorry um, and uh, it was just something that, as you can imagine, rocked us really, really hard. And so we're uh, we're now in a situation where we're trying to raise money in the name of of our daughter and try and prevent this as much as we can. And I suppose um, you know it could have been uh, one of the best weekends of your life with the FA Cup and and the and, and the and the birth, and it turned out to be undoubtedly one of the worst. Yeah, summed up. Yeah, definitely. It was it was due to be. Yeah, the best weekend. Uh, that Saturday was um, was also on BBC, so the, the game was on BBC. Um, it was the biggest game that I'd been involved in as a coach. Um, I'd been involved in other games previously as an analyst with, with AFC Wimbledon, but it's, it's not quite the same. Um, but to be involved as a coach, it was obviously one of the biggest games, well, the biggest game of my coaching career until that point. Um, and uh, yeah, it turned out to be yeah, a living nightmare. Really, um, it was. It came completely out of nowhere. I'll stress that there was nothing wrong with Sophia. There was nothing wrong in the pregnancy, and uh, this is something that happens more than than you think. Really, one in every two pregnancies ends in miscarriage um, so that's not one in every two women that's one in every two pregnancies ends in miscarriage and um, unfortunately there are eight families a day that go through what we went through every day of the year um, so it's eight people that go through the trauma of having a still stillborn child every single day of the year so you know you times that by 365 that's a lot of families every single day that that are going through this um and it's just something that that we want to raise awareness of purely because we're hoping that there will be more sort of medical research into why this happens 
uh, with Sophia, it turned out there was a knot in the cord. That it's very, very hard to track the cord uh, with ultrasounds. So this could have happened, you know, in the third, fourth month, and we had no idea. Um, and if there's more research around things like that, then there can be sort of treatments and, and processes and procedures to help stop sort of parents going through what we've gone through, really. And is that the sort of main role of, uh, of this charity, Tommy's, who, who the money's being raised for at the weekend? It is, yeah. yeah. So they, they specialise in, in that sort of research. Um, they've got a main hub, <clears throat> a main hub based at a uh, hospital in Manchester. And um, they look to trial new equipment with things like this. They look to uh, into more research as to if there are parents out there that are continually having miscarriages what can be done to prevent that happening over and over again. And, um, yeah, so that they're really trying to hone in on why these things happen because it is still very much a little bit of a mystery. Um, and I was talking to someone yesterday who works in the NHS and they were saying it's unfortunately, it's one of those things that it is a bit of a mystery of life and, um, similar to sort of, uh, cot death, which is obviously another sort of similar sort of thing, which is very traumatic. It's one of those things that is, um, as I said, a bit of a mystery. And the quicker we can get down to the bottom of this and and sort of um, focus in on what can be done to prevent it more, the better it is is for everyone involved. And how are you and and your wife now? Because obviously it's been. Uh, uh, well, nine months or so now. How are you? How are you coping? Have you had good support from people both in football and out? So, I mean, with with the way we are, I mean, as you can imagine, we still have very very low days, and we have days that are incredibly difficult to get out of bed. Uh, to be perfectly honest, our low points are not as low as they were six months ago, and um, so I see that as a positive. Um, our low points are still very, very bad. And more than anything, they come out of nowhere. They come completely out of nowhere. They sneak up on you. It's not like something happens and then you feel really, really low and depressed. It comes out of nowhere at, at times. Um, for instance, this week, uh, sorry, last week was me and my wife's wedding anniversary. And naively, we thought it would be another anniversary just like sort of like all our other anniversaries have been but it wasn't it was it was hard it was really really difficult to get through um in terms of support um i've had amazing support from um the club tunbridge angels they let me have as much time off as i needed um they uh they also they did a whip round within the um been playing uh, within the players and the dressing room and that they've raised some money. We've used some of that money to put a plaque up at um, a local park that we go to and it also contribute to the cost of a, of a headstone. Um, the, uh, the assistant manager at Tunbridge Angels, his wife, is, uh, she works at Funeral Directors. She helped take, take care of, the, of all the funeral arrangements really really helped it helped massively um that, that was um a lady called laura moore so barry moore's wife incredibly helpful but like i can't say enough good things about her she really really helped in a very very difficult time and then steve mckim the manager of tunbridge he well he went above and beyond he's 
I spoke to him on the day I found out. He offered to come see me that day. He offered to come see me that night just to keep me company. And this was the day before his biggest game as a manager, you know, and, and it wasn't just another day for him. He was willing to go above and beyond with that regard. Um, that in terms of, uh, in terms of just general support since, They've been great as well. They talked to me on occasion. We drove down to Worthing the other day for a pre-season game and it just me and the gaffer driving down. And we spoke for about an hour about everything and it helped. It helped massively. And, and I cannot stress that enough. When people, if you know friends or family that go through something like this, please, please, please talk to them. To, because you feel, in this situation, you feel so isolated because you suddenly realise, I don't know anyone else that's been through this. So you kind of feel like cut out from society a bit mm. and you feel ostracized because you're like, I can't bring this up. This isn't a day-to-day -day thing. And so when people talk to you openly and say, you're right, mate, how are you doing? How's everything with you and your wife? It helps because you can just talk. And to be fair, Steve and Barry, they've been great. And Adam, the goalkeeper coach down at Tunbridge and the previous coach, Chris, um, they talked, they spoke to me about stuff and I'll be honest, they spoke to me about stuff more than some of my closest friends have. Some of my closest friends did the opposite. They said nothing. They kind of did just hide away from the problem and it didn't help. It caused arguments, it caused problems. And uh, within the football sort of world at Tunbridge Angels, they've been absolutely fantastic. It is, it is something that um, we, and I think especially men, we, we don't talk enough about things like this, do we? No. I, I agree. We we kind of keep things bottled up. We, I, I swear that every man thinks about it. I think I think we if we see someone in distress, we think, oh, should I say something? I don't think we're that cold that we don't go. I'm not even thinking of it. I think we think of it and then go, uh, I won't bother. Uh, I don't know what to say. And to be perfectly honest, I've said to a few people that, that say to me, oh, I didn't know what to say. I always say, I don't know what I want to hear because I didn't think I'd be in this situation. So I, I don't suddenly now know what I want to hear in this situation. I just want you to say something, you know, just anything. And you'll probably get some of it wrong, some of it right. It'll be a bit clumsy, but just try. And I think, like you say, men, we find it hard to talk about this sort of stuff. And it's almost like it's a foreign language. It's like someone's suddenly spoken in a different language to us. And we go, I don't know what you're saying. And it's like, it's so brand new to a lot of men that we don't, we don't talk about it. And um, it's something that I think as a result can affect everything else in your life. If you're going through some, some mental health issues, whether it's depression, anxiety, um, whatever it might be, stress. I think as soon as you start sharing that problem, you start talking about it, you do feel like a weight comes off your chest. And I think a lot of the time with men, we, we all of our friendships are based. <laughs> I said this is to a counsellor actually. I said I feel that all of our all of my friendships are based on like banter. Like, I've become friends with who I've become friends with because they made me laugh. And it's, it's a really sort of simple way of becoming a friend. And then as a result, when something real happens, we don't know how to control ourselves because we just kind of, we live in that relationship of just banter and jokes and making each other laugh. And, 
yeah, we don't know how to talk about anything else, as it were. So it's I, th- I think it's, it's a really, really important thing. And I, I see more and more people talking about it. I saw Ben Stokes was pulled out of a, of a cricket tour um, to focus on his mental health. And it's people like that that are sort of paving the way that I think is really, really important. I think it's vitally important. Yeah, very quickly on, on the sort of fo- football aspect of, of Saturday's game. Um, pre-season g- going all right. And, and it looks like Angels have made some really, really good signings. Yeah, we changed up a few things. Uh, we've got a few new players in. Um, we've got some players with uh, with experience that have come in that have played at a really good level. Uh, players like Doug Loft, Ricky Modest, uh, Craig Graham Barrett um, have really added a level of experience to the group that we're really, really happy with. Um, and then we've got some new new players, some younger players that have come in. Harry Hudson, uh, centre half, that we're really, really excited about. We think that. Um, we think that he'll progress really, really well with us. And I, I personally think watching him train, I think he'll progress up the leagues. I think he's a really, really good player. And I think he's got a really, really good character as well. Um, and Ibs Olatade, we signed him. He uh, he plays up top. Um, I've worked with Ibs before when he was at Ballum. And uh, I think once he gets one goal, he's going to get a ton of goals. I think he's really exciting, off the cuff, quick um, exciting striker I think he'll get goals once he gets one I think he won't stop and uh, so just waiting for him to get that one because he's had ch- a few chances in pre-season but I think when the season kicks in I think he'll get some goals and we also signed uh, Jerry O'Sullivan um, he's a right back or, or wing back and uh, he's added a great character to the group great quality as well he split Dorking um, and so I mean overall our signings we're really really happy with and pre-season generally I think it's gone well I think it's gone you know we've won some games we've lost some games we've had some challenges here and there um, in terms of fitness I think the players are getting there and um, and so I think we're going to be prepared for, for when the season starts I'm, I'm confident anyway we've got no injuries which always helps um, and I, I, th- I think we're going to have a, a good season touch me knocks on wood um, I think we're going to have a, a good season so um I'm happy with the new signing, certainly, and uh, with me anyway. I, I find pre-season a bit of a slog, just because I want to get to the games where the points matter and you know cup games matter, and uh, just want to get through it, sort of, sort of thing. So we're nearly there, and hopefully we'll see we'll see a good performance this Saturday in, in the charity match uh, for for my daughter Sophia Scott, where we're playing Dover this weekend at Longmead Stadium. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll start seeing the fruits of our labour from pre-season. Yeah, and and just finally, um, if people are listening to this and, and they want to donate to, to to the charity, what's the best way to do? It? I know you're you're quite active on Twitter, aren't you? That's a good way to get in touch. Yeah, so if you, if you go onto Twitter, um, I've obviously shared something, uh, shared a few posts. So my Twitter handle is at James Scott Coach. It's all one word. Uh, so you can go onto my Twitter handle. If you go onto the Tunbridge Angels Twitter as well, uh, they've shared a link to the Just Giving page, um, as well as uh, it's on the Tunbridge Angels website. There'll be a link to the Just Giving page. So honestly, feel free to share it, contribute, anything helps. If people give £1, £5, £10, whatever, it all helps. And it's for such an excellent cause. And, And just sort of think to yourself, you know, you might have a family member or friend or something that goes through something similar to us and and if we can help prevent those sorts of things I just think it'd be it's so important for just you know 
people and friends and family and people just in this country. I think it's such an important cause. So uh, feel free to give on the Just Giving page or feel free to come down to the game on Saturday uh, at the Long Meet, three o'clock kickoff. We'll be doing whip rounds. We'll have collection buckets there. Um, and there's only a fiver to get in. So uh, slightly reduced tickets. So a fiver to get in to see Tunbridge Angels versus Dover Athletic. And uh, yeah, you can you can contribute a little bit on the day as well. Matt, I don't mind admitting that I got a bit choked up listening to James speak there. Um, as I said to him, you know, miscarriage, stillbirth, other things like that. We don't discuss that enough as a society. And I've got full respect to him for coming on the show to talk about the heartbreak that he and his wife suffered last year. That was a good interview, John, in, 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 of absolutely tragic circumstances. And, and I, I admit, I think uh, it made me think how lucky I am in my life, really, and something like that, how... You know how brave him and his wife are now going through something like that. It's absolutely, you know, terrible. And the game and the money they raised, and the way he portrayed himself and comes across is absolutely superb. And you know, I think it's absolutely fantastic. And if everybody could give to the Just Giving page, I think it will be absolutely worthwhile for to try and you know become a cure for this and make things better for people. But you know, an abs- you know, a great interview there, and you know, it made me feel. A- how lucky I am, to be honest, to have two kids. Yeah, and I think that the thing that made me feel the most was when he was talking about Steve McKim on that Friday night, the day before Tunbridge Angels' biggest game in, in 50-odd years. And as he said there, Steve McKim's biggest game as a manager. And Steve McKim took time out to go and see James and, and make sure that James was OK. And that is the measure of the man. I've got a lot of time for Steve McKim anyway, but he went up even further in my expectations when we heard all that. And, and Tunbridge Angels, you know, is a club that has had more than its fair share of upset and, and tragedy. And that the, the community that they've got there, that they are such a caring club. And, you know, f- for him to say how supportive everyone has been. And, and you know, I found that really interesting. And, and he's kind of right, really, you know, that, well, he said a lot of my friendships are based on banter and blokes don't know how to deal with that stuff. And I think that's a very, very fair comment. But he said there he's had a lot of stuff from inside football and, and people caring. And, and that makes you realise that it's more than just people kicking a ball around. Oh, yeah, 100 percent. I think uh, he said that how Tunbridge came back, Steve McKim came back. That, you know, there, there is more things than than football. Um, and yeah, yeah. I don't know how somebody gets through that sort of what happens to them. I presume you just get stronger and stronger. And now I'm, I'm sure Saturday will be an emotional day for him, but I'm sure, and I know the Dover people will go and the Tunbridge people will put their hands in their pockets and really donate to a really good cause. And I hope they can earn a considerable amount of money, but you know, a, a terrible, terrible story, you know, when we were on the radio show, we had the guys, you know, about the steel births and that was emotional as well. And, Unfortunately, you know, these things are close to home, aren't they? When you think about it, even if even if you don't know, they go on. And you know, I think you said, did you say eight eight families go through that, didn't they? Mm. Which is but well, as you said there, like one one in every two pregnancies doesn't make yeah. it. And, and you know, I, I I said this on the radio show back in the day. I don't think I've ever said it on here, but I've been through that. Um, and you know, it it wasn't meant to be for us, and we've we've moved on with our lives from it now. Um, but you know, at the time, it, it was awful and it's heartbreaking. And I remember you f- you do feel like you feel like you're making a fuss over nothing. Um, I mean, especially for us, it was very early, five six weeks. But that doesn't mean that it, it 
didn't hurt. And but I, I always feel a bit kind of silly when I say, oh yeah, well we've been we've been through that because especially when you hear stories like James. I mean, what James went through and his wife is is a billion times worse than than, than my experiences. But it's just a matter of talking. And, and I thought that was really good when he said, I'd rather you said something and said the mm. wrong thing than said nothing because it shows that yeah. that people care and and you know football is a very laddie environment at, at times and it can be a difficult place and you know it can be full of banter and everything like that and it's really reassuring for him to say that you know he's felt so supported uh, by everybody in football because I, you know I, I remember when we had the guys as you say on the radio show from uh, Kent Sands United which is an, a, another fantastic cause and they were saying about how you don't tend to get so much support and I remember the thing that really um, broke me that day actually was when one of the lads I can't remember which one it was but he said you know we just found out that um, our, our baby had died and then you're on the maternity ward and there's babies being born. And and those are the sort of things that I hope this charity, Tommy's, uh, is is looking at, at making happen because that is that is a, a ropey thing, trust me. When, when you're going through an absolute nightmare of, of a situation and, and then 10 metres away from you, there's someone having the best day of their life and, and you, it, it's an awful, awful feeling. And, you know, I, James, I have every ounce of respect in the world for the way that you spoke uh, to me when we chatted earlier this week. Um, it's it, phenomenal the way that you can talk your, tell your story. And I hope in some way that us being able to talk about it now has, has made people realise that it's OK to talk. And, you know, we, we see some some things and, and, you know, men, we need to talk more about things that are going on and, and our feelings. And, yeah, you might have a friendship based on banter, but there's still a person there and you've got to find a, a way of making everything count. So, um, you know, and if you can donate anything to, to the charity Tommy's, um, uh, it would be fantastic. And, and obviously every penny that's raised in um, young Sophia's name would be absolutely brilliant. And, and James is, as I said, uh, what a great man. And, and I wish him and his wife every success going forward. Yeah, it's you know it's a great cause, and I hope they um, everybody gets behind it on Saturday, as I said, as I mentioned. Yes, as I say, a huge good luck to them all with the fundraising on Saturday. That's the Tunbridge Angels game uh, against Dover Athletic in a pre-season friendly on Saturday. Um, and there is also information, uh, James did give his Twitter handle in there, so uh, do feel free to find that out. I will retweet some of his stuff as well uh, from the podcast account. So if you are if you are able to donate anything, that would be absolutely brilliant. And thanks again to James, as I say, for speaking so brilliantly on such a sensitive subject. On then to the football, where to the surprise of absolutely no one, it's goals galore in the early stage of the Southern Counties East League. And we're going to start with the team currently top of the table. Yes, there's only been two games, but 5-0 and 4-0 wins is quite the opening for Harry Hudson at Glebe. After beating Beersted away from home on Saturday, they ran out 4-0 victors over Erie Town on Tuesday night, a game I was at. After the game, I spoke to Harry and I began by asking him how happy he was with their start to the season. <laughs> yeah, we would have definitely taken two wins and two... Uh, and then obviously the manner of scoring nine and nine is, is good. I think Saturday we weren't, the scoreline flattered us a bit. We weren't as good as, I think the scoreline probably should have been like 7-2 to basically cause the problems, but tonight I felt pretty comfortable. Um, barring the set plays that are always difficult, sorry, barring the set plays that are difficult to uh, fully defend 25 set plays tonight with their long throw. Um, but barring that, I felt we were quite comfortable uh, in the game and I was pleased with the game management that the players showed in the second half to kind of pretty much kill the game, which although it's not maybe the best spectacle, it's important if you're going to win leagues. 
they had their moments, didn't they? Yeah, didn't they, Eric? And I mean, at times it, it did look like maybe it wasn't quite a 4 0, but you've got a 4 0 and you've got to be happy. Yeah, def- I mean, I don't believe our goalies made a save in 90 minutes. Um, there was one off the line, wasn't there? There was, was a block, yeah, yeah, there was a good block. Um, and I think we had a couple of chances in the first half. Walkson made a great save down to his, his right uh, from Brad, and Brad another one on the edge of the box. Um, so yeah, I, I think we were, I think we were deserved winners in the day. But um, yeah, I, I said I didn't feel like we like we were too like on Saturday against Beerstead. We didn't have our structure right defensively, so they were playing through us, and that was that causing problems. But tonight, I felt like we yeah we have controlled them in open play. Obviously, he's going to get the headlines hat trick tonight. He got two at the weekend. Jamie Philpott, great start to the season for him. Yeah, brilliant. Long may it continue. He's in a real purple patch, and let's let's keep him going. The good thing he. He will get chances in this team, um, and to be fair to him tonight, I think he's probably had three and taken almost three. Um, and on Saturday, it was pretty similar. Um, so yeah, listen. Hopefully, it continues, and um, uh, he's doing an incredible job for the team. And uh, the goals are the output, but the, the the work rate, the defensive side he's doing is so important. Um, so yeah, he, he he's been fantastic so far. How are you finding it here at Glebe so far? I and mean, obviously, I guess this time last year, if someone said you'd be here, you wouldn't have expected it. Um, and obviously, circumstances have dictated to send you here, but it, it looks like it's a club that's going places. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything we've asked for to, to do the job we've been given. Um, so it's our job now to deliver on the pitch. Um, yeah, who, who, who knows where, where I thought it might have been a year ago, but right now, this is home and it, it feels right. So. Um, yeah, we're just hoping for a long, a good season and a, a completed season. Well, the things when you look at this league at the start of the season, everyone there, there was two teams everyone was talking about Chatham and Sheppey. But I guess already some people are starting to think about you as possibly the third team to get up there, and, and I guess that's got to be your aim. Oh uh, yeah, listen, we want to do well in all competitions this year. That's our aim, and we want to bring a style of football that brings people through the gate and engages with the younger younger teams that we have in in, in the club. So that's that's objective and. However, how successful that can make us, we don't know yet. It's a, it's an incredibly long season, um, so yeah, we'll take each game as it game as it comes and see where we end up. But we're we're full of confidence and we shouldn't be fearing anyone. Um, so, if that's our mindset and we keep the momentum going, who knows where we'll be? And obviously, you brought some players that you know with you as well. And I guess the White Leaf situation was horrible for you all, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really really bad, and we like we knew about it a lot earlier than than most people did. Um, it's a club that I was at three years. I, I love my time there. They gave me my like my first job at Step Four, so I've, I'll always be indebted to uh, to Cootsie and Clive at Whiteleaf. Um, and it, it's it's incredibly sad to see any community asset go. Uh, and a football club is an, a really important one. So it's it's really yeah really disappointing. Um, but we have to move on and, and move on, and we're, we're now at Glebe. So we've taken the nucleus of the team that we had last year. Which gives us a bit of a head start, but we've we've added some really fantastic individuals to the team. Um, and yeah, listen, we so we we're, we're happy with what we've got, and we, it's important for us to keep it to keep that together. Um, and yeah, to, just to keep get, getting the culture right, where we don't get above our station, we just got to keep preparing, performing, seeing where it ends up. You said about taking each game as it comes. Next one's an FA Cup game mm-hmm. here again yep. against a team from another league. An opportunity, I suppose. Yeah, we uh, Abby. Uh, we play, I played Abby in the. I think it was the. I think it was the f- either second or third qualifying round of the cup a couple of years ago, uh, and we managed to beat them on the day. But we did a lot of work on them before that game, and they're very well organised, very physical. Um, 
they haven't had a competitive game yet in their league, so that that gives us maybe a, a little bit of an edge. Um, but yeah, listen, we're full of confidence and we've got to go into that game on the front foot and, and see if we can get our name in the hat for the next round. How much does the FA Cup mean to you? I love the competition as a manager. Um, I touch wood, have done pretty well. Um, even back to my Croydon FC days, um, we won a couple there at step, when we were step five, beat a, beat a step four team then. And then at Whiteleaf, we've had first year, uh, we were due to play, I think it was Slough. And then we had a player who... Was the register, but we got I think we got second qualifying round there, third qualifying round uh, the year after, and then the one after that back to second qualifying round. So it's a competition I enjoy. Um, it's a competition that is important to us for many, many reasons. Um, so we'll be taking the game as seriously as we can. And just finally, you know, what are the aims for this season? Just take each game as it comes and, and see where you end up. Yeah, the, the the aim is to is to try and engage with the junior section of the club to build a gate like we want to play a style of football that people want to come and watch that what that people enjoy and hopefully we've, we've got that um, but it's not just being pretty for pretty sake it's about being effective and playing with a purpose and that's what we like to think we've done um, and we do play, do things a little bit differently but if we get it right and we've got it right a bit at a time like there's still loads to come but if we get it right it'd be quite a t- times it's difficult to play against and it's a bit of a uh, a clash of styles for most teams I don't mean this disrespectfully in the league but so it's not often what people come up against so yeah take each game as it comes and, and see where we end up but yeah so we, we're full of confidence and we believe in, in what we're doing so there's no reason why we shouldn't aim very high well, you've got to say, Matt, that is a great start for Harry Hudson at Glebe. And, and in Jamie Philpott, they've got a man who looks certain to be one of the top goal scorers in the division. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we mentioned, before, mentioned him last week. You know, he was at Millwall. He's done the rounds. The National League scored gold at Welling. He's come to a level where, you know, he's only, he's only what, 24? I think he is. Surely he's playing at a level... Way, way, way below his standards, but he could be the absolute difference from them, the little, from them against the rest of the rivals. Because you've got an absolute machine, who's what, you know, he should be scoring thirty goals easy in this division. I'm sure. I thought it was interesting that Harry said, you know, I think he's had three chances tonight and he's scored three, and they were all sort of different types of goals. There was a sort of near post tap in and, and the third goal was an absolute screamer. He literally just picked the ball up on the edge of the penalty area and volleyed it over the goalkeeper and into the back of the net. And for, it was one of those before he'd even struck it, you knew he was going to score. He was, he was in that sort of format and he's such a focal point for them. But I also think having watched them, they're not all about him. They, they've got some really, really good players there at Glebe. And I think, I think I've used the phrase cat amongst the pigeons a couple of times where Glebe are concerned this season. And, and I think that's certainly going to be the case. I think that they are, they're going to be right up there in, at, at the end of this. I think they're going to be they're going to have a real say in the season. Have they got a young side? Would you say, with little, you know, young, fresh, pace yeah. sort of side? Yeah, lo- lots of pace about them. The, the right back uh, was very, very good. He was very impressive on the night. Uh, the the Glebe right back, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, but uh, he was. He was very, very good. He, uh, in fact, the picture is gone of that I took of the team sheet, so that's a bit annoying. Um, but uh, uh, here he is. Um, yeah, his name is Danny, and I'm, I apologise, Danny, in advance if I pronounce this wrong. Olurunisimo, and he was excellent. It gets forward so well, causes all sorts of problems um, for them, and, and I think. 
kind of felt, and and you we'll gloss, we'll talk about this a little bit more in a minute. But I, I kind of felt that Gleep have got a lot more in the tank. I, I didn't really think just that they played that well. And and I heard that on Saturday that they thought that they didn't play particularly well. Harry said there that he thought they they played quite well and were quite comfortable. But I got the feeling that they've got a lot more about them. I mean, there were there were times, Matt. That um, and I was I was sat at the game or stood at the game with uh, with Dean from the Scaffold uh, website, and there were times when I said, "Do you know who'd be enjoying this game of football, Matt Gerrard?" If that makes you understand yeah. what, what it was like. Yeah. But you know, I I think that Glebe have got a lot more in the tank, and that's why I I think they're going to be a real threat this season. I did find out in particular they brought Philbrook got taken off and Charlie Penny came on. Yep. I remember seeing Charlie Penny a few years ago. And for one in one particular season, I always have a player who I always think was the best player. And Charlie Penny, I think he was on loan from, I think he was Millwall as well. I think he was on loan at Welling, and he was absolutely brilliant. Mm. And I always kept out, kept an eye out for him. I didn't know he was there, but he's a good player as well. They've got a basis of a good squad there, and I think um, they've got a manager who know manages who's managed in a level above, isn't that? Which could always come in handy. Um, uh, and it will be quite an interesting season for them. So you, ca- you can't grumble with the start. They've had nine points from, from two games. Uh, sorry, nine goals in two games, six points on the, on, on the board. So, yeah, we did tip them to do well. But the early pace setters as well, you could probably say. Yeah, very much so. I, I was impressed with uh, the defender, Anton Douglas, as well. I thought he was very good at the back. And Brad Wilson also is going to be a threat. And I know there are high hopes as well for Loris Chin, uh, who was on the bench too. So, uh, And Matt Parsons there as well. You know, they are an experience. That they've got a mixture of youth and experience in there. They've got players who've been at higher levels and are obviously hungry. And I think in Harry Hudson, they've got a manager, and you could hear from him there. He wants to get back up the, the, the leagues. Obviously, the Whiteleaf situation, if people aren't particularly aware of that, but Whiteleaf were in the Isthmian League. They got moved to the South Central, they would have been in this season, but they were in the Isthmian League and they ended up having to pull out of the league because they got evicted from their ground and that meant that the club folded. Um, and But Harry's come in, he's brought players that he knows and I th- I think they're just they're, they're already gelling, which is when you bring in a lot of new players, I think that's a really important thing, isn't it? Yeah. I think, yeah, if the manager can just quieten down the, uh, the school, you know, just we'll go in there, just put his little mark on a bit of players, get players in, get players feel confident, they will be. People who think they're under the radar, but they, clearly they've got an eye for goal. And I know it's only two games gone, but a really good start for them as well. So if they can keep it together, and I think they're a club who've got um, uh, real... You know, off the field, there's been a lot of development, isn't there? They want to go to the level above this. So, yeah, interesting times ahead. Certainly are. And I thought it was a nice little setup there as well. Um, you know, nice little compact stadium, I think. And they've got space to to make it a bit bigger as well and, and get the everything ready for the, for the ground grading at the higher levels. And, and I think... yeah. What was also nice was there was lots of kids games going on all around the place too. So it's obviously a real bringing it all together sort of in that community up in Chislehurst. And they are, I enjoyed my evening out. So uh, fingers crossed uh, that they can continue to have a good season starting with the FA Cup on Saturday. And now I know I don't normally speak to managers after they've lost on this podcast. When you go to games, that's kind of one of the pitfalls. So after the game, I also spoke to Irritown boss Adam Woodward. 
And I started by asking him if there were any positives he could take uh, from his side's performance. Uh, to be fair, the quality they showed, uh, they're a very good football side. Um, I think we had a nutty fight of 15 minutes first half and it sort of killed us. We sort of pressed the self-destruct button to come in 3-0 down at half-time. Um, I thought that was a little bit harsh, but second half, I can't fault the effort and the spirit. I just think the quality was poor from us, really. Um, but like we said, one goes in, the one that's cleared off the line, it's 3-1, it's after five minutes, or if we get the penalty after 10 minutes, it could be a different game, but you just sometimes just got to accept that you've been beaten by the better side, and tonight we was beaten by the better side. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be up there, aren't they? They're a good side. Yeah, they are a good side. They've got, obviously, a good back in and stuff like that. Just got to be hope that, um, like I said, I was here as manager before, and how that ended, ended. Let's just hope they're left alone. Um, obviously, you had a good start yourselves on Saturday, though, so, you know, you... <coughs> You've got three points from two games. That's, that's, you can't complain about that, I suppose. Um, no, tonight I thought we just let ourselves down a little bit. We was OK Saturday. It wasn't really great, but we just got to wipe our mouths again tonight, uh, take the 4-0 loss and obviously go on to Saturday in the FA Cup. Well, for a team like Irith, what, what, what are your aims this year? I mean, obviously you've got three big spending teams right at the top. What, what, how do you approach this season? You know, Do you want to just try and upset them whenever you can and, and just get no, to be the best you look, can? No, my side in there is a very good football side and to be honest, we'll beat anyone on their day. Um, but consistency's got to be there and at the moment we've just got to make sure we, we do the right things. As a club, we're doing the right things. We're training twice a week. We're doing everything properly for the players. We've just got, and sometimes, like I said, you just have to wipe your mouth and accept that you've lost tonight and on another night we could have nicked one. We could, it just, it's just one of them things. You've got some good experience as well, Andy Walker, Michael Power, haven't you? Yeah, Walker's been great. So Shags, he's come in, he's done well. Um, and like I said, Walker's been like a breath of fresh air with his uh, communication, he talks really well. But and I thought, to be fair, he was a little bit unlucky tonight. He's faced five shots and four have gone in. Uh, go on then to the FA Cup Saturday. I suppose unknown quantity, isn't it, playing team for another um, league? Yeah, obviously, Shearwater, uh, we, we know a little bit about them, but obviously we've had them watch. But we just go up there and again, we just try and get the win and get into the next round. How important is the FA Cup? Yeah, it's massive as well. Obviously, um, first season I was at Erith, we got uh, got through two or three rounds and we obviously beat Whiteleaf, um, which was good. And then we had a good run the following season, going for two or three rounds. And it's great for the club financially as well. But um, we can't put the pressure on ourselves for that. It's the, the finance of the club's really, really well, well looked after. So we don't rely so much on... Other clubs like to do their budgets for the FA Cup. We've budgeted for the season. The FA Cup's just an added bonus. I've just been chatting to the chairman, funny enough, and you know, he's a very positive chap and, and it seems like the club's in really good hands. Yeah, the club's in great hands. Himself, Steve Ollie, Dean Lee, all the committee members um, have done really, really well with the club. They're, obviously, they're fighting um, fighting sometimes with one arm time behind their back, but they do everything I ask. I call what I can ask for. I'm left alone. Um, I'd, I'd have, they have no interference in the team they're always there on the phone if I need a little bit of advice and like I said whatever they do they always back me and it seems like as well there's some good young players coming through the yeah club. we've got some fantastic uh, academy to be fair Alfie Elger just come on tonight two or uh, three of them have signed contracts now with the club um, and we had an under 23 game over there that was had a team full of 16, 17 year olds so it's great the future's bright we've got a good academy set up and we've got a new intake coming in and hopefully we can push some youngsters through and it's just about that consistency that's what yeah, you want to yeah it's consistent obviously we've just got to make sure we keep trying and as Ken and like the youngsters obviously are going to struggle consistently we've just lost one to Rangers it's just signed to Rangers um, so from the under 16s but look tonight it's one of them we've lost the game just got to wipe our mouth and go again that won't that won't seal us as a season this year that won't that won't define our season okay so we've got to go into the winter months and that's where we sort of come on strong a frustrating night for Earth Town, Matt, but they also seem to be a club with their head screwed on and a young player signing for Glasgow Rangers. That's a huge feather in their cap, isn't it? Amazing, yeah. Good luck to him from there. 
who was trying to the the manager there? Was he sort of saying that he'd been there before and he had a bit of interference? Was it, was when he was, he was at Glebe, he was at Glebe, and there was and and I think he was saying there was interference with, oh, with, I see. with that, the team. That was the inclination there. Right? I yeah. So there's no love loss there then. No, not particularly, and uh, I think. Where they were possibly made the, the, the defeat slightly more frustrating for Adam, and I've, I felt for him really, and, and I felt for his side a bit because I don't think Lee were four goals better than them on the night. He was very magnanimous and said we were beaten by the better team. The chairman I also spoke to, and he was he said the same thing: we're beaten by a better team. But there were a couple of errors at the back, and and that was what cost them. And and apart from that. Glee kind of struggled to create real clear-cut chances. I mean, Andy Walker made a good couple of saves, but it wasn't like they were being torn apart time and time again. And especially in the second half, I thought Irith, going into at the break 3-0 Dane, gave a brilliant account of themselves after the break. And I, and I thought, you know, that, that, that you can obviously see that they've got some grit in there. And with Andy Walker, former Cray Valley goalkeeper, and Michael Power up front, they have got experience. They've got Stedman Callender. Nothing really fell for him on the night. But no one's going to get an easy game out of Earth Town this season. Of that, I'm sure. Michael, how old is Michael Bauer now? Well, I we looked this up him. at the game actually because we were we were chatting and uh, I was chatting with a I couple must have of people. Seen him. He must be 38, 39. He is 38. He was 38 in June, so uh, yeah, still yeah. going strong. And, and you know, when you've got that presence up front, that does make a difference to to Earth Town. And, and yeah, he's had a really. He must have scored what 250 goals. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. So yeah, seen him since grow as a, as a player. So yeah, they've got some good players. Andy Walker, we know Andy Walker from Cray, didn't Cray Valley. So what, he, what, how important he was to them. So they go so I'm sure if they've got the characters of the players like Andy Walker and Michael Power, they're not going to have any problems. So, and the manager, I think, yeah, I think he's got a point to prove from going from that interview. Yes, and, and I think he, but he's he's determined to 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 do the right thing and. and thought it was really interesting you know that they they were talking about their young players and everything like that and I get the feeling that those young players he said well they said they've got under 23 games and they're all 16 17 year olds and if they can keep that sort of team together mix in with the experience they've already got then you know like we said about Deal Town last week in a few years time they're going to be one of the teams when all the big big money's gone out of this division they're going to be one of the teams that are pushing to get it up to the next level without a shadow of a doubt yeah <laughs> Have they ever been to the level above? Oh, it's probably they haven't. Have they the other? No, but I don't think they have. Irith and Belvedere have, but I don't think Irith Town have. Yeah, right. yeah, so yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, you know, but the opportunity is the opportunity will be there in, yeah. in two or three seasons' time if these clubs can just keep their heads screwed on and keep keep themselves on a, on a firm footing and do what they've done there and work on the youth teams, bring the players through, then you'll only feel the benefit for the end of it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, again, it's been a good week for the scaffold, isn't it? I think. Oh, fantastic. Well, let's while we're talking about it, let's run through uh, the results that we've already had this season. So on Saturday, uh, the games were Beersted nil, Glebe 5, as we've already heard. Canterbury City 2, Tower Hamlets 1. It was Crowborough 2, Welling Town 2. The game between Deal and Chatham was 1-1 when it was abandoned at halftime due to a rainstorm. Uh, we'll talk about that a bit more in a second. It was Irith and Belvedere 3, Hollands and Blair 1. Irith Town 4, Lordswood 1 to start their season. Uh, Fisher beat Rustall 5-0. K-Sports beat Holmesdale by a goal to nil. Punjab United beat Kennington 3-2. Paul Vines among the scorers there uh, for Punjab. And after a 
an own goal in the first minute. Sheffield United hit back uh, to win 3-1 against Tunbridge Wells in front of 411 supporters there on Saturday. And on Monday, it finished K-Sports 2, Tunbridge Wells 2. Tunbridge Wells saving two penalties in that game before getting a last-minute equaliser. Tuesday night, Beersted 2, Crowborough 2. Another last-minute goal for Crowborough. They got two of them in in the first two games. Uh, Chatham beat Canterbury City 2-0 to get their season off and running. It was Glee 4, Irritown 0, as I saw. Uh, Kennington 3, Sheppey United 3, absolute thriller there. Lordswood 0, Dealtown 3, Punjab United 1, Hollands and Blair 2. And then on Wednesday night, two games, Rustall 2, Holmesdale 4, and Tower Hamlets 1, Irith and Belvedere 5. So lots and lots of goals there. Uh, but I suppose, Matt, the deal against Chatham game on Saturday. What was the weather like where you were? Were you surprised to hear that a game just down the coast had been called off? Yeah, because uh, we'd got in from the afternoon, probably around about two, and you could see the wind was picking up and it was going to be sort of thing from there. And as is my want, I had a bit of a doze on the sofa watching the cricket. And I woke up and I think it had been raining a little bit. Then I thought, I'll check my phone for the scaffold. Abandoned because of rain. So I think deal, my wife's got one that got the app that does a bit about lightning and apparently just that's not the right noise but yeah went straight to the deal around that area from the sea and absolutely came it. to be fair john i have been to a game that has been called off on the first day of the season by rain as well oh wow Back in well, the day, faversham against god it was whatever it was i think it must have been a game that was august I got there rained and it was abandoned so that wow. is not a first in kent that the game has been waterlogged, but apparently it was absolutely monsoon condition. Because you know, I went to deal a few weeks ago and the pitch was in great condition, so real monsoon conditions there. But, um, what from what I gather, that's you know, deal were missing a lot of players, and I think they were doing well at half time to one all. So, when the game will be rearranged, they may be a little bit stronger deal and they've got a good result in the week, but um. But then on the yeah, flip side of that, um, Jack Evans was suspended uh, on Saturday. Oh. So he also then missed Tuesday night as his suspension was carried over because he couldn't complete it. So uh, he'll be back yeah. for that one. But I mean, How I have seen videos. suspension back from a season? Oh, it doesn't make sense, does I it? don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I have seen videos of the weather at Deal on Saturday and I, I wasn't surprised. It was absolutely torrential. Uh, also, of course, on Saturday, Beckenham Town started their combined counties league campaign against Jersey Bulls, and they kicked off for the 1-0 win, despite being down to 10 men. So a great start uh, for the Becks in their new league. And uh, obviously, we'll be keeping a very close eye on how they performed. Uh, it's the FA Cup for our Scaffold Premier Division sides on Saturday. That's where we go with the fixtures. And regular fans of the show will know there's nothing better than asking Matt where some of the places our sides are up against come from. So stay tuned for that shortly. So the FA Cup extra pulling around on Saturday. Ballum against Canterbury City. Banstead Athletic against Beersted, Beckenham Town against Collier's Wood, it's Chatham Town against Eastbourne United, Crawley Down Gatwick against Wellingtown, Crowborough Athletic against AFC Croydon, Deal Town against Southall, Glebe against Abbey Rangers, Hollands and Blair against Holmesdale, K Sports meet Rustall, it's Kennington against Hawley Town, Lordswood take on Nap Hill, Mile Oak against Punjab United, Shearwater against Irith Town, Tooting and Mitcham against Erith and Belvedere, Tower Hamlets versus Sheppey United, and finally, 
Walton and Hersham against Tunbridge Wells. And don't forget, of course, to check out our good friend at FA Cup Fackfile over the course of the weekend for all the stats you could ever want about the FA Cup, uh, both the, the draw and then subsequently the next round as well. Uh, he's even got a book out as the competition marks his 150th anniversary this year. So exciting times for Phil and I wish him well with the book. So then, uh, do you know where Nap Hill is? Sorry, wasn't it? I, think I, I want to say it's further north. It's not, but it's not near Woking, is it? My favourite place. It is between Woking and Aldershot. Very good. Yes, yeah, I'll see that on the map. Very good. You can have that yeah, one. Um, Abbey Rangers, New Glebe are playing. Trying to say that's not Suffolk, is it? That one is, uh, again, not a million miles away from your favourite uh, place of Woking. It, it, not far from Chertsey. Uh, all right. Uh, so up um, inside the M25. Yeah, all right. Okay. All right. Northeast of Woking. A lot of these, a lot of these, all combined counties. Is it? Are these a lot of teams? Yeah, combined counties. And there's some from the um, uh, the what do you call it from the uh, the Sussex League as well. And yeah, I mean a lot of combined counties teams. That, in there. there must be an M25 area as far as you can go, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much at this early stage. Yeah, but then obviously we'll see what happens. Um, do you know where Eastbourne is? Eastbourne United. Any ideas? Is that one that's where, I've probably said this story before, is that the one that's next to the cricket ground? No, that's Eastbourne Town. Because that's what, I, well, that's the one that I did a really good cricket score over the football ground, now close to that. Uh, Eastbourne United is the one that is um, about two minutes drive from my house. So, okay, how many people live in Eastbourne? About 100,000. Does it deserve three football teams? Well, why not? It, it did have four because there was another team in the in the combination league, uh, Langley Wanderers, but they pulled out. So, uh, but yeah, it's uh, uh, again, that's, that's for another day. But that does seem crazy. A couple of good ties there: two to Michigan, there from Belvedere, Walton and Hersham against Tunbridge Wells. Against two Tunbridge clubs Wells, who've been a lot higher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's that's a. I'm sure Walton and Hersham back in the day have been FA Cup giant killers getting to the first round. I'm sure yeah. to Mitchell as well. So, yeah, a couple of good. Couple Tasty. of good ties there. Hopefully, we can get a few kid sides through, though. But we're going to lose a few, I thought as well, aren't we? Yeah, I think there's some that I'm sure we'll. I reckon we'll get at least six or seven through. Yeah. Um, and we we've heard from both managers, Area Town and, and Glebe. You know the importance of having a cup run. Uh, it just it just puts your name on the map, doesn't it? You know, if you're not listening to this show, you might not know anything about Glebe. But um, you know, if they go through three or two or three rounds of this, then you start thinking about them. And 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 I remember, uh, the, I think it was the first season we did this. It must have been. They had quite a good run in, in the FA Cup. And I remember speaking to one of their previous managers about it. So, you know, they've certainly got some pedigree and, and it would be good for them to, you know, all I want for, for some of these clubs is to get through and, and take on one of the bigger clubs in the county because it would be fantastic for them, wouldn't it? Absolutely brilliant. Again, comes early, early, FA Cup early in your season and maybe... As one of the guys said, there a lot of these not on the other side have maybe kicked off their league because I think the scaffold started pretty early, so that can really come to our side's advantage. So fingers crossed for the guys there. I think they're, they're still having re- for some reason they're having replays again, aren't they? Yep. I don't know if that makes any. I think it worked quite well last year, didn't it, with the penalty shootout after? Yeah, but I think it may. I think it, it's just a bit of a, a 
a bit more of a money spinner as well for some of these clubs, yeah. isn't it? So um, we shall see what happens with that. Anyway, in the Scaffold First Division, uh, a goal field start of the weekend. 3-4-2 wins, a 5-2 and a 4-1. Uh, crikey, so here we go. It was Bryden Ropes 4, Larkfield, Newhithe 2. Uh, Croydon 4, Staplehurst Monarchs 2. Uh, some interesting stories I heard about the celebrations after that game as well. If you know, you know. I won't be repeating it. Uh, Lidtown beat Lewis and Borough by a goal to nil. Your mate Brad Baker on the score yeah. sheet there, Matt. Yeah, please for my my text my uh, good mate who was his uncle and he said he was he was back to doing what he does best putting the ball in the onion bag. Superb. Uh, Rochester two Meridian VP one uh, SC Thamesmead one FC Elmstead two Andy Constable scoring both of the goals there for Elmstead still going he strong. Must be old. <laughs> uh, Snodland Town 4 Westside 1 a hat-trick for Lee Friend in that one it was Stansfield 5 Greenways 2 Sutton Athletic 4 Faversham Strike Force 2 uh, Sutton Athletic obviously will probably be frustrated because they had a good FA Cup run themselves a couple of years ago but not enough opportunities for step 6 sides in the Cup this year uh, this weekend's fixtures on Saturday then Lidtown make the mammoth journey to Chessington and Hook um, for their game is Croydon against Greenways, FC Elmstead against Lewisham Borough, Faversham Strike Force are at home to Rochester United. I'm sure they're playing at the same stadium. Uh, it's Kent Football United against SC Thamesmead, Larkfield and New High at home to Forest Hill Park, Meridian VP against Staplehurst Monarchs, Snodland Town against Tooting Beck, Westside against Brydon Ropes. And then on Monday night, Greenways host Staplehurst Monarchs. That's not that's a bit of a derby, that one over in the Mainstone area. Uh, Thamesmead, SC Thamesmead against Lewisham Borough, Tuesday night, Chessington Hook against Croydon, Larkfield and New High against Faversham Strike Force. That's two of the promoted teams meeting at Stansfeld against Forest Hill Park, Tooting Beck against Westside. Westside, and then on Wednesday night, upper seven kickoff as Brydon Ropes meet FC Elmstead. It's Lidtown against Snodland Town, Rochester United against Kent Football United, and Sutton Athletic versus Meridian VP. So plenty going on. If you need to get a football fix next week, Scaffold Division One's got to be the place for you, isn't it? Yeah, look at the goal. Some of the goal scores in them. Lee Friend of Snodland, his name rings a bell somewhere down the houses. So yeah, Andy Constable. I think that was one day he was going to join Dover, a good 15, 16 years ago under Clive Walker. So yeah, he, he, oh, yeah, he is a striker who know who probably like like Michael Power. He must have scored two hundred and fifty three hundred goals at this level. So. And by my reckoning, Andy Constable, and I apologise if I'm wrong with this, he's at least forty two years of age because I'm reading a, a story here uh, which was written in February 2017, and he was 38 then. So he's got to be well into his forties and still going strong. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I have to say, that is fantastic. Um, also, I think one of the players as well, Chris Axford at Faversham Strike Force. I think he was at Dover as well, yeah. So, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Chris Axford at Dover. Scored for Faversham Strike Force. So, yeah, plenty of uh, things out there. These names still come back. People love the game and still carry on doing it. Exactly. If you, I suppose, if you, I, I guess, as they say, you're a long time retired, so make yeah, the most of it while you can. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it for the for the football chat. I suppose all you're thinking about now is is going on holiday, isn't it? Yeah, I will be putting my um, uh, packing my bags, got my things down. So knotted I'll handkerchief for your head. Sorry, knotted yeah, handkerchief. Hat. So yeah, yeah, I'll be uh, looking for that. Yep, yeah, getting ready. It'll be any difficult different holiday this year because of course we got the dog. I've never taken a dog. On oh, the dog's go- I was going to say, what's happening with the dog? The dog's going, is she? Dog, yeah, she's going. Yep, she is going with us. So. Is she up for it? Is she, is she excited? Um, she has been a bit of a pain this week. So on Monday, she was sick. We think she just ate something and was a bit 
feeling a bit sorry for herself. And then on Tuesday night, she didn't want to go to sleep. So we kept running around the house at one in the morning trying to chase something. So to the left of me now, she is fast asleep. So um, I think she, yeah, so there'll be plenty of walks. So it should wear her out. But yeah, she, we're coming with a dog. So it'd be interesting to see what we can and can't do without a dog. But when we've been to Cornwall before, everybody seems to have a dog. So um, I've told them where I'm going now. I was trying to do it from there. So yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm looking, yeah, looking forward to it. It'd be good. Good. Well, I shall be here uh, smiling politely and serving breakfast to people, as I have done every day since. Uh... Uh, what, what do, uh, again, again, we will be getting a cooked breakfast, so I will keep you informed of what I have. So yeah, do, well, do, I mean, do, you... do, do people have um, everybody? So everybody has a fry up, or do some people don't? Uh, most people have uh, a fry up. I would say ninety five. Well, we also offer salmon, salmon and scrambled eggs, which is very popular. Oh yeah. Um, but the people, the number of people who don't have either of those things, I would say, is probably one in a thousand, something like that. It's it's that rare. But what amazes me is when you've got people like they come for a week and they have a massive fry up every single morning. I don't know how they do it. You know, fair play to them. But after a while, I'll be like, do you know what? I'm just going to have cereal today. But I, know, I very rarely get that. So, and and it does help that Haley's breakfasts are absolutely stonking. And like all, all the reviews, all the nice reviews mention how lovely her breakfast is. So obviously she, she's doing something right. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I don't know if I will have it every day because it will get a bit too much from that. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's just nice to be a thing. So from there, yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Good. Well, I hope you enjoy yourself, and I hope you'll still be able to make time for me next week. Uh, no, yes, we will do a fine. And, we, and of course, with the um, Ryman League, whatever, whatever pitch team rubbish, whatever it's called now. Just call it the Isthmian. It's always been Isthmian. called. It's been called the Isthmian since before you were born. So yeah, just yeah, yeah. stick with that. Yeah. So it is starting. A lot of our sides are starting next week. But I have to say, John, do you know the highlight of this week's pod's been? Go on. You get actually giving out results because we yeah, haven't I done know. that for so long. It's been quite exciting, isn't it? I've just had a horrible feeling, actually, and I apologise to uh, some people here because there are actually some more games in the FA Cup involving Kent teams. It was only when you said, oh, our Isthmian club start of the weekend that I remembered that actually a couple of them for certain are in this round at the weekend. There was a couple of Isthmian clubs have been drawn in to play in this in this first round at the weekend. I'm just getting you know, the... You know who have that information? A website... Loads of Googling now. I'm on, I'm already on it, so don't worry. Uh, Phoenix Sports are definitely in it. They are away to Molsey uh, in the in the round on Saturday, so that will be their first game of the season. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Seven Oaks Town travel to Cobham. Uh, they are the two that I definitely knew when I, when we started talking about this. I think that might just be it for our representatives. They just got the luck of the draw, not getting a buyer, I suppose. Or bad it? luck of the draw. And, and luck, yeah, yeah. I was chatting to um, someone involved with Phoenix when I was at the game on Tuesday, and, and I think they were a bit frustrated because it's the second year running that's happened to them that they've yeah. had to go in this round when when everybody else. Did. And you know, I could kind of understand it if it was teams that have been promoted were, were the ones who were put in at this round. You know, your Corinthians, your Lancings, and teams like that. But it's not. It just seems so, to be yeah. that they've done a draw and, and a couple of our teams in the division above have, have come out of it the wrong way. I, I know it's East Grinstead Town are also in the cup as well this weekend. So, you know, a, a bit of a, a rough one for, for, for those teams. So um, we'll keep an eye on their scores as well. And we'll see how they all get on uh, over the course. Of it. But yeah, it has been great to be talking about football and, and you know, 
we're not out of the woods in this COVID thing by any stretch of the imagination, but it's positive signs. And, and do you know what? It just felt nice on Tuesday night to be normal yeah. and at a game. And I was standing, chatting to people. And it was like I'd never been away. And and, and I've kind of made a, a, a pledge to myself that I'm going to try and go to more games uh, over the course of the season. I worked out, I've got this, uh, the Footballogy app. Have you heard of this one, Matt? No. So you can mark off all the grounds that you've been to. Right. Uh, on it and I was there on Saturday funny enough and I was I was I logged into it on Tuesday uh, while I was at the game it's like do you want to check into this game I was like yes I do uh, but I have been to a grand total of 158 different football grounds wow so my aim is to get close to 200 over the next couple of years I don't think I'm going to be unrealistic and say I'm going to do it this season um, but you know there's some certainly some places that I've been to here um, that I've not been that, that I've you know, I've, I've done some games and everything, and uh, I, I certainly am going to try and get to more games over the course of the season. So um, I wish it. Uh, uh, and, and if you haven't got this app, it's you have to pay for it, but um, it's uh, I think it's five ninety nine a year to have the full uh, experience of it. But it was quite interesting to go through and put it all in. Uh, my top non league ground, if incidentally, uh, Hartsdown Park, which I've been to on thirty different occasions, just ahead of Southwood, uh, twenty seven. Um, but I were looking to add more scaffold grounds that I've yet to go to. And, and funny enough, one ground that I've not been to, Matt, probably the um, the biggest ground that I've not been to, uh, in, in or one of the most important ones in Kent. I've never been to Ashford. Homelands? Yeah, never been. Because I, I, I considered, when I was looking at Tuesday, I, I had a toss-up between... That's not too far for you, is it? Well, I had, I had a toss-up between flies. Kennington or Glebe, and they're both about the same distance away. Because um, obviously the roads and everything uh, are a bit a bit easier to get up to to glebe than they are to get through to ashford but i was really surprised that i have I've, when i thought about it I was like, i've never been there i've never been there i've never been to high they're the big two in uh in, in I've, I've also never been to the colverton so those places are all on my list there f- for the course of this season so we will try and get to as many uh, as we can anyway we have prattled on for far too long um a couple of things just want to say um dave roberts um friend of the radio show definitely um probably support a man who's written some fantastic books uh just put on twitter this evening that he's been diagnosed with cancer so massive um love to him and his family um because obviously a very difficult time for him and he's, he says he doesn't he's going to find out next week what the sort of di- full diagnosis and the prognosis is but um i know matt you you know him well as uh, as well as i do and i'm sure you you're like me you know just wishing him well yes yes i've read that and i was very sad and i know he hasn't been well oh, um for a while so, uh, he mentioned on twitter so yeah we wish him all our love and hopefully um, he'll be back fighting fit soon. And of course, we sit here on uh, talking on an evening uh, where a English footballer has for the first time been transferred for £100 million. And I just ponder what if that was split between our all the clubs in the scaffold, what they would all do with that, what, £2.5 million each, whereas it's just going to be small change, isn't it, for, for the Premier League clubs? Well, well maybe with um, Messi as well, leaving Barcelona, that's, it's, the world's, you know, maybe Harry Kane's not going to, well, I don't know, that's a different story, but that, the money going to be swishing around could be all after him, I suppose, now. We'll look forward to seeing, it. well, if they get Messi as well and Harry Kane, I'll look forward to seeing how they managed to meet financial fair play regulations going mm-hmm. forward uh, with with all that. But, uh, you know, well, what can you say? Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this week's show. You can find us on Twitter at Kent NL Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Only Podcast. I'm on Twitter at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. Uh, again, massive thanks to all of our guests this week, especially, of course, uh, James Scott of Tumbridge Angels, who spoke so well. And if you can spare anything, 
to support the charity. That would be absolutely fantastic. Of course, thanks to Harry Hudson and Adam Woodward as well for talking to me after the game on Tuesday night. And that is it for this week's show. So thank you everybody for listening. We've really enjoyed being back. Thanks for the feedback from last week's show. And we will look forward to speaking to you all next week on the Kent Only podcast. We're all going on a summer holiday. No more working for a week or two. Hey!